Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I love that the Holy Spirit actually calls himself a friend. We're all friends in here and we're all friends of the Holy Spirit. And he is excited about this message. <laughs> so Wednesday nights are encounter nights. It's it's when anything can happen, and I like to, whenever I preach on a Wednesday, leave um, room for the Holy Spirit to make any last-minute changes, and every single time I preach on a Wednesday, he keeps me on my toes, and I think I have a few gray hairs on my head from him being like, actually, just kidding, psych, I want to do this instead, so I hope you guys are excited and ready. I really believe that you guys are the real MVPs because it's July 5th, the day after 4th of July. I know you guys were partying and having the best time watching fireworks like us, and then I was like 10 p.m. in, I'm like, oh my gosh. Church is tomorrow. This is wild. So I know that fire falls on sacrifice. And no matter how you walked in, maybe you're a little tired. Maybe you're like, what day of the week is it? I thought it was Sunday. You're telling me it's Wednesday. God has something for us tonight. So I want you to lean in. I want you to prepare yourself, prepare your heart. Yes. And engage. Shout me down. Shout the Holy Spirit down. Throw an amen out. It's going to be a good night. So last night, um, we have three little kids, and we actually uh, live in Coronado, and we climbed on top of the roof of some of our friends to watch fireworks. We could see, like, all the fireworks from every direction, and I was also terrified of one of our 10,000 children up there falling off the roof, which they didn't, praise God. But it was just an amazing scene to watch all these fireworks, and I was holding my little nine-month-old, and he was just, like, wide-eyed watching all these fireworks, and I was talking with um, one of the other moms up on the roof. I'm like, you know, the only bummer is that Growing up, every single 4th of July, I had sparklers, and we would run in the backyard and make designs with them, and I just missed that part of 4th of July, and she was like, you know, um, you could do that with the cold spark sparklers. I'm like, cold sparklers? She's like, yeah, it's like you can order them on Amazon, and they come, and they're like birthday toppers, but it looks exactly like a sparkler, but it's not harmful, it can't start fires, so they're allowed, they're legal. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So when about my 4th of July, well, 5 a.m. this morning, my little baby wakes up to eat, and I'm feeding him, and the Holy Spirit reminds me of this conversation that I had, and he said, lean into that because so much of Christianity right now is split between cold sparks and hot sparks. And tonight, I'm going to talk about sparks. So if you missed out on sparklers last night, I actually am friends with production, and they brought cold sparks. Look, guys. It doesn't burn. How fun is this, though, right? Like, it's amazing, and it looks exactly like sparklers that I wove around as a little kid in my backyard making the little designs. 
And so I actually looked up the definition of cold sparks because I'm not in production and I didn't actually realize that that's what we have on our stage. And this is the definition. Cold sparks are an up and coming special effect that gives the appearance of a beautiful pyrotechnic display without the dangers and complications associated with traditional fireworks. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no danger and no complications. That sounds a lot like religion. That sounds a lot like counterfeit Christianity. That sounds a lot like what the world is trying to define the gospel as. That sounds a lot like my past. That sounds a lot like what God freed me from. And tonight, church, the Holy Spirit wants to present a black and white to you. So the title of my message is called Sparks in honor of 4th of July and beyond. <laughs> but isn't it tempting? I know, especially as a mom, I don't like thinking about my kids being put in dangerous situations. I actually go to great lengths to keep them out of danger. And I don't want there to be complications, even in their little friendships. Like my little seven-year-old, I've had talks with him about how to navigate friendships. And growing up, I've, I've had to navigate my own ups and downs and complications with every single area of my life. My marriage, our finances, our relationship with God, ministry. There's danger associated with saying yes to God. And every single day, every single week, every single year, there's little and big opportunities for us to choose cold sparks or hot sparks. And what are we going to choose tonight? I really believe we're going to choose the Holy Spirit sparks. But I've noticed as I look out, because I actually... Do you guys realize I actually can see you guys? <laughs> I'm actually a real person. Like, do you know growing up, if you ever see your teacher outside of the classroom, it like weirds you out? Like, wait, what are you doing? You're supposed to live in your classroom. <laughs> like that used to happen to me like once in a blue moon. If I ever saw my teacher out in public or like wearing like workout clothes, I'm like, no, 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 too much. <laughs> You're supposed to be wearing a skirt and a belt and a pleated button down and carrying a ruler everywhere. <laughs> but sometimes I think that's how you guys think about me. I'm like, I'm always here and I'm just here to deliver the word of God and minister and pray. But I'm like a real person and I actually see you and I love you and you guys are amazing. And I, I can tell what's happening with you guys. And I have the Holy Spirit and he's like showing me things about what our campus is going through and what you guys are going through. And that's why I'm so excited because I hope that you can connect not just with the Holy Spirit tonight, but that we're a living organism. We're choosing things together as a campus, as a region. There's things that are on the horizon for us, but it's gonna take some dangerous obedience. It's gonna take some risk and stepping out of our comfort zone to be able to experience fully what God has for us. Who in here likes eating cold food? Oh my gosh, I'm like actually surprised. I hate eating cold food. I mean, if it's, even my sandwiches, I'm like, if it's not toasted, I'm mad. Like put that thing in a panini maker and then give it to me. Like I literally had rage as a pregnant woman cause I like craved sa like sandwiches from this sandwich shop in Coronado. And I picked up my sandwich a few times and they forgot to toast it. And I was like, 
no, you need to toast this. And they're like, whoa. I'm like, I'm pregnant. I need it toasted. Do you understand? I can't eat cold food. <laughs> it's just a thing. I don't know. But, like, there's just something nourishing about a warm meal. Like, you don't call a plate of cold food food a nourishing warm meal it's like it just doesn't go together right like who wants cold chicken like you want it hot like right out of the oven where it's juicy and tender and not dry and it's just like amazing there's so many correlations like even I was talking with a few people today like I hate being cold you guys like I hate it and I was talking to friends like no I love going skiing I'm like yeah you love going skiing in your warm clothes. Like you would probably hate skiing if you had to wear a t-shirt and no gloves. You'd not be happy with that. Like we were not created for cold, okay? We were created to experience warmth and we were created for fire to burn on the inside of us. We were not created to be like frozen people. And there's no coincidence in my humble opinion. This isn't Bible yet. We're gonna get to the Bible. There's no, uh, I really think that like, if you look at the things that are cold, it's like emotions that are cold versus like warm emotions, like love, hope. Like you don't think about cold when you're thinking about love, right? It's like hot and spicy. Like that's, that's another version of love. Come on, my gigger. Um, but in the world right now, in our society, there's this clashing and this tug of war and attention of the church being defined as cold, hot, lukewarm. And God wants to bring the fire back. He wants to bring the passion back to his people. He wants to light something on the inside of you. And I know it's tempting when you see the fire, the cold sparks flying, you're like, wow, that looks amazing. But this actually has the ability to start revival. And it might look small right now, but if every single one of us tonight allowed the Holy Spirit to light something on the inside of us, can you just imagine and dream where we will be by the end of the summer? You may think that you want the shock and awe of cold sparks, but we are actually designed and created to hold the fire and the flame of the living God on the inside of us. Amen. So I'm going to have three points, and I'm going to go quick so that we can leave room for the Holy Spirit. But I actually want to compare the cold sparks to the flame of the Holy Spirit. So point number one is spark radical obedience over safety and convenience. Spark radical obedience over safety and convenience. This one hurts so good, guys. So 1 Samuel 15, 22 says this, but Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. And so what the scripture is saying is that God is looking for an obedient heart. He's not looking for the shock and awe of what humanity can display to him. You saw what happened with the Tower of Babel when humanity came together to create a tower reaching heaven. He literally tore it down and then gave everyone different languages so they wouldn't be able to talk to one another. 
He wants our heart. He wants our obedience. He isn't looking for what we can muster up. He isn't looking for the shiniest thing that we can give him. He's looking for an obedient heart. And although sacrifices are good, they are only good when it comes from a place of obedience. I would never as a pastor want you to give something that wasn't in alignment with an obedient word from God. And there are seasons for everything. Even my husband and I, we have gone through seasons, even financially, where God asked us to stretch huge, to give like we've never given before. And then he's asked us to give less. And honestly, it's harder for us to give less and to steward than it is for us to give huge and believe. But we have to be leaning in with our ears and inclining our ears. God, what do you want out of me? What does radical obedience look like? for me in this season, tonight, what does radical obedience look like for you? Are you making your decisions based off of convenience? Are you making your decisions based off of comfort? Or are you opening up your mind and heart to to really consider the risk and say yes to the risk of being a Christian? Being a believer, being a follower of Jesus Christ means that it is all out on the table, that God can do anything that he wants with your life. I've had many moments, small moments, big moments, where I have chosen radical obedience. And I can confidently say to you that you can trust that Mike and I will always say yes to being obedient to God. Because God has tested us, honestly, for the last 11 years. But it didn't, it didn't start with huge shock and awe steps of obedience. It started privately the little whispers of the Holy Spirit, the little whispers of God saying, will you do this? I'm whispering this to you. Even before I walked on the stage, I remembered I had just moved to San Diego with Mike. We knew nobody in the city. I was visiting a store that I don't shop at anymore, and I really miss shopping there, but I'm not going to shop there anymore because they are too woke and weird. But I was walking out and the Holy Spirit said, go over to that guy on the bench and tell him, tell him that I love him and tell him that he has something to live for if he'll choose me. And I had never honestly experienced anything like that. I'm like, I am just thinking things. And so I walked to my car, I get in my car and then it's like, are you gonna be disobedient? And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back in the store, and if he's still sitting out, when I walk out, I will casually tell him. But if he leaves, then I'll know it's just, it was just me, and it wasn't you, Holy Spirit. I'm like literally like negotiating obedience. Has anyone done this before? So I do that. I'm like, I go in, I just buy like a pack of gum so I don't look like a weirdo, like approaching a guy straight from the parking lot. And I'm like walking out, and he's still there, and I'm like... And I go up to him like, hi. He's like, what's up? I'm like, so I just want to tell you that God loves you. And he has a plan for your life. And if you say yes to him, if you say yes to him, then he's going to show you amazing things. And you're going to have purpose. And, and there's, your life is worth living. And then I like start walking away. And he was like, thanks. I'm like, yes. I mean, it was the worst, you guys come a long way. And I got in my car and I'm like, I did it. I did it. Like that was where I started. 
But I know, I know that I know that God was testing me. How much can I trust you with? How much obedience are you willing to say yes to? Are you going to say yes to the little things that no one else in the world will ever know except your husband because you'll tell him? Like, Literally, that is where it started. And God began to build trust in me that I would be obedient and that I could be a faithful person and I could be trustworthy of really amazing things like you guys. And so fast forward 2020, Mike and I step into campus pastoring and now the obedience has a lot more risk. There's a lot more danger attached to it. There's a lot more inconvenience attached to it. And it's, will you follow Pastor Jürgen and Leanne and believe that they heard from God and hear from God for yourself and open in defiance of what the government is saying? Open in defiance of what your family is saying. Open in defiance of what most of your church is saying. And Mike and I went to the Lord and we're like, oh my gosh, we, we know what he's asking us to do. And so we opened our doors. And I like to tell you that in 2020, everyone was like, from Eastlake was like, you guys are amazing. Like, yeah, we're behind you a thousand percent. No, it was like crickets <laughs> because people weren't ready yet. They hadn't heard for themselves yet, but God asked us to go first. He asked us to be obedient first, to see if we would be able to withhold faithfully what he had for us in the future. And now just three short years down the road, we're being entrusted, all of us, with a region, not just a city, with the South region of San Diego. God has such a heart that he's showing us for the people spanning outside of East Lake's boundaries into National City and, and Coronado and even past our border into Baja. But can we be obedient with the little things, not just the big things? Are you waiting for the big moment? It's never gonna come. It will always come in the form of a whisper. And if you're waiting for the shock and awe of the cold sparks and everybody giving you a huge standing ovation, then you're missing it. <laughs> Point number two, spark healing and rest over striving and performance. Religion is exhausting and Jesus is repelled by it. And you see all throughout the New Testament the Pharisees and the interactions that Jesus had with the Pharisees, which you can just take out Pharisee and plop in your favorite religious person <laughs> that you know. Or it might be yourself, like that's, that was me. I literally was riddled with religion when I walked into our church and I was exhausted because I felt that the weight of everyone's salvation depended on me. I felt like if I didn't do everything right, then everything depended on me. That everyone else's decisions depended on me. That if I didn't do what the law, what the word of God said, that I would be held account not just for me, but for everything else and our future. And that's a lot to carry. And it sounds so obvious when I say it out loud, but it is so sneaky and it sneaks in and it looks shiny and pretty like the cold sparks but it's lifeless and it's cold and it will suck the living life out of you. Matthew 24, 27 through 28 says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! 
You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. Like Jesus was very forward. (laughs) In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. It wasn't until I came to this church that I held a mirror up to my heart and I realized that all of my motives were wrong. All of my motives, even though they looked shiny on the outside, they were wrong because they were lifeless. They were eating away at me. I was tormented. I had anxiety. I had panic attacks. I didn't know how to use my voice. I didn't even know how to pray out loud. Fast forward, as a new mom, I remember two hours it would take me to like get me and the baby ready and I would be sweating like having to redo makeup like change clothes sometimes like you know if you're a new mom like it's like wow so many fluids happening all the time and I I would like make a point like I think Zeke was like two weeks old and I like show up to church and I was like oh my gosh you're amazing. I can't believe you're in church. Just You just popped out a baby. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing great. And inside I'm like, I'm dying. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm going to make it out, like, without collapsing. And it's like a silly, it's a silly little example, but I think it so appropriately describes when you don't have that living water on the inside of you and you're pushing yourself and you're striving to show everyone in the world that you're awesome and that you got this. And and there are moments when God will ask you to do something that's hard, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you're leaning in and being drawn into the cold sparks of the world and like what religion says that you should do and how you should act and how you should be. And, And everything is surrounded by that instead of asking the Holy Spirit, give me rest. I need you. I need the living waters. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can I get an amen? Amen. Jesus isn't saying that you should toss everything off. He's not saying like, stop serving, stop holding responsibility, don't go anywhere, just chill out, be a couch potato, eat hot Cheetos and watch your favorite Netflix binge show. Like, no, he's saying, if you come to me, if you're obedient, then the exchange is that the yoke is easy. Even if it is weighty, it's easy. And if you are coming into church and you are feeling exhausted, if you are feeling drained, if you are feeling burnt out, if you're feeling like you are on this hamster wheel, then can I encourage you at the end of the service tonight, have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Let him be your source of rest. Let him be your source of strength. Let him put his yoke on you and exchange it for that yoke of performance. Exchange it for the yoke of the shock and awe of like, I'm awesome and I'm doing everything, see? And he's here to do that. And I know it because he's done it for me. And if he's done it for me, then he'll do it for you. And if he's done it once, he'll do it again. Which leads me to my last point. Spark Holy Spirit encounter 
over emotional stimuli. Okay, I'm going to unpack this because I want you to understand what I'm trying to say here. I'm a feeler, so I'm, I'm speaking as somebody that has had to work a lot through this and still has to test myself because I lean into feeling so much. And I can feel atmosphere really easily. I can feel how people are feeling. I'm empathetic. Um, and even with my relationship with God, I will crave certain feelings because that makes me feel like if I feel this in this moment, then I don't have to actually deal with the thing that God is actually asking me to deal with. You can be emotionally moved without changing. You can watch a movie and be in tears and be emotionally stirred. There are things in this world like the creative element of who God is on full display engages with our emotions. And it's a really incredible, beautiful part of humanity. But there's a difference when you have an encounter with the living God. There's a difference when you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, because that always leads to transformation. An emotional encounter without the Holy Spirit is like cold sparks that won't do anything except fall up and down. And I see it as a minister and as a pastor where people will come to the altar and they will have an emotional encounter with God, but they'll let it stop there. They'll let it end there. And they'll become addicted to that moment at the altar, forgetting that Jesus invites us to, to live a life of transformation. And if you find yourself in cycles, then it might be the Holy Spirit showing you that there's so much more than a moment of emotion with Him. There's so much more than an emotion that even leads to a revelation. God will give you these moments and they're gifts and they're beautiful, but there has to be the component of the Holy Spirit fire. And if that Holy Spirit fire, if you can let yourself get to a place where you open up all of your heart to God, then you will begin to experience the transformational power of Jesus Christ. And when you allow that fire to be lit on the inside of you, when you allow the fire to be lit and you seek this over, cue the cold sparks, if you want. If you choose, if you choose this over that, between you and God, if you can get to a place of desperation where you choose the Holy Spirit, where people will never know what it took, they'll never know the tears. Heaven knows the, the amount of tears that you have sown. The world will never know, but God knows. But one encounter with the fire of the living God can change legacy, can change generations, can change history books. In Acts 9, Saul encountered God on the road to Damascus and he immediately was transformed. And that transformation led to radical obedience. Moses in Exodus had a radical encounter with God in the burning bush and it led to radical obedience. 
Mary had an encounter with an angel that spoke of her destiny and she let her heart believe and she said yes and it led to radical obedience. Church, do you see what God is trying to tell us tonight? If we can just get to a place where we're willing to let the fire of God fill us, it will lead to choices. It will lead to little choices and big choices and radical obedience that will change the landscape of our region. What will be said about you? I love Hebrews 11. It's the hall of fame for the patriarchs and the matriarchs of our faith. If there was a spot, if there was a verse with your name, what would be said about you? What would your radical obedience lead to? What would an encounter with a living God lead you to live your life like? Don't buy into the candy of the world that will leave you with a stomach ache and leave you hungry and, and wanting real nourishment. I'm in this huge lesson with my daughter about how she can't survive off of candy. And she'll eat candy or she'll want a donut. And sometimes I'm like, sure, let's get donuts. Yay, it's summer. And then two hours later, she's like, I don't feel good, I'm hungry. I'm like, yeah, because you need protein. You need nourishment. You need fruits and vegetables. You need the fruit of the Spirit. Can I get an amen? Do you see what God is trying to do? He's trying to mature us. He's trying to grow us so that we actually have an appetite for the warm foods that will nourish us, the steak dinners. It's time to stop drinking milk and donuts and candy. There's a moment waiting for you up here tonight. I think about the disciples after Jesus went to heaven and they were spent. They were exhausted. They were discouraged. They had just seen Jesus slaughtered and they were told to wait. And they waited in a room and they were frustrated and they were discouraged. And the Holy Spirit showed me for a lot of you guys, this is an upper room moment. experienced the fire of the Holy Spirit. They never even knew what it had looked like except for in the form of Jesus Christ himself. And can I encourage you that tonight can be an upper room moment for you, that God sees the desire of your heart to know him and to follow him. And just like the disciples, they were tired, they were drained, they were striving for something, they had given everything, they had left their families, they had left their careers, they had left comfortable lives, they had left predictability. They had already gone out too deep and they were sitting in a room waiting. But then the Holy Spirit came and fire fell and history was changed forever. So if you guys could stand to your feet, I wanna open up the altar for the fire of the Holy Spirit to fall on you. But I wanna challenge you. Let this encounter not just stir emotion, let it actually compel you to obedience. 
And whatever that looks like for you, I am, I promise it's gonna be the most incredible adventure. It's gonna be filled with risk and reward and prosperity. But that moment has to start with a flame being lit. I have a little candle right here. The Bible says that you just need faith as a mustard seed and you just need a flame in your heart, right? And so if that's you, if you wanna experience fresh fire, fresh anointing, if you wanna surrender your life to Jesus, if you have been following the word of God your whole life, but you've actually never said yes to the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna open the altar and just begin to come forward. If your heart is racing, then that's you. If you feel uncomfortable, it's probably you. If you feel numb, then that's also you. Yes, just come. The Holy Spirit is here and He loves you so much. And He has so much in store for us. Our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. Every single thing that you've walked through, God is gonna turn into good. He's not gonna waste any single part of your testimony. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm gonna light this candle as just a, a symbol of what God is wanting to do tonight. Y'all just keep coming forward and I'm gonna pray. It's gonna get fun. If you've been going through a season of discouragement, I want you to come forward. Here, maybe I'll let you work on that. There's actually another candle on my seat. If you've been going through a season of discouragement, I want you to come forward. If you feel exhausted with your life, I want you to come forward. If you've been believing God for something and been in a waiting season, I want you to come forward. burden is light. I thank you that Holy Spirit, when you fell on those disciples, fire fell, wind blew, you blew through that room like they had never seen anything like it. And the good news was completely born and birthed. And I'm asking you tonight, Holy Spirit, just as I hold this candle, I pray that this candle represents our spirit, that you would light a fire on the inside of every single person in this room in the mighty name of Jesus. I release the fire of heaven to bring warmth, to bring healing, to bring clarity, to bring power, to bring the gift of tongues and heavenly languages. I pray right now that this fire would put out fear, that it would stomp on fear of, of danger. We're gonna live dangerously for you. 
We're not going to be afraid. We're not going to be intimidated. We're not going to back down. Holy Spirit, I thank you in the mighty name of Jesus that you are encountering your people right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I release your power. I release your spirit to do what only you can do. Fresh wind falling on your people tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that we are going to encounter you like we have never encountered you before. I thank you right now that curses are breaking off of people's minds. Curses are breaking off of their hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you that you are healing right now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are doing what only you can do. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you're going through a, a torment in your thoughts, can you just lift your hands? Holy Spirit wants to stop torment right now. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we come against torment in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak to every tormenting devil. You are silenced with the authority of the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you that every person has believers rights in this room. In the name of Jesus, those voices must be silenced. And in replacement of those demonic voices, we declare heavenly visions, heavenly voices, voices that will come and will speak promise, that will speak the word of God, that will remind every single one of us of our calling of our destiny. I thank you that we will be able to hear when you ask us to step out. We will be able to hear when you are asking us to be obedient and we will say yes to you and we will not question, we will not doubt. I thank you for soundness of mind. I declare a new soundness of mind over your people tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, if that was you, just begin to praise God. Begin to lift up your voice. Begin to praise God. It says in the word of God that the praise of the people is torment to the devils. Let's begin to torment our tormentor. We thank you. We praise you, God, that you have freed us from harassing thoughts. You have freed us from fear. You have freed us from the bonds of our parents in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you are believing for healing in your body, if you've had tension if you are if you had a doctor's diagnosis I want you to raise your hand right now if you're around somebody with a raised hand can you just go lay hands on them I'm going to release the healing power of the Holy Spirit we reverse every doctor's diagnosis and we break the curse of what has been spoken over your people they will not live under what a doctor says they will live under what the great physician says which is by his stripes we are healed in the mighty name of jesus i release you holy spirit to heal right now in the mighty name of jesus heal heal i see i see bones that are literally coming into like scoliosis come on holy spirit i pray right now There's somebody else that God wants to heal their eyes. Do you, do you have, what does God want to heal? He has healing for you. Ask him, ask him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are here. Do what only you can do. We're here for it. Give us a life of adventure. We don't want boring. We don't want fake. We want the real thing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.